Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have the guitarist from Morgan Wallen, Tyler Tomlinson. You're going to hear Tyler's story of growing up in Georgia, his time playing with Eric Pasley, and now touring on the road with Morgan Wallen. I had a great time talking to Tyler. I hope you guys enjoy, and we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. Now, so uh, you grew up in Little Georgia. What was your childhood childhood like growing up down there? It's pretty chill. We grew up like thirty minutes um, outside of really any town um, on like ten acres. It was woods everywhere. I was always outside on the four wheeler or whatever, played in the dirt. Um, but I was always around uh, music. My dad is a guitar player, and uh, he was always in bands having practice in the living room and I'd always be around. I've got pictures of me behind a drum set at two and started playing drums at seven and then guitar at nine. And uh, it kind of took off from there. That's all I did really as a kid, that and video games. <laughs> now uh, we kind of have a similar start in music. Uh, I got my start. My grandpa played steel guitar in a band and I saw that your grandpa was actually an artist, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, Dang man, you did your research. Oh, of course, man. So what, what was it like growing up with someone that was in the music business like that? Um, by the time I was old enough to really understand, I think most of it was kind of done. He had retired from stuff like that. My grandpa did. Uh, but there there was a couple of times where I was probably 10 or 11. And um, he actually he wrote a book, too. Um, just... I guess kind of about his childhood, kind of fictional, kind of non-fictional, a blend of the two. Um, and he would do like kind of a, a small little book tour around South Georgia and I'd go with him and like play guitar for it and stuff every oh. once in a while. It was really fun. Uh, but I've got posters and stuff from when he was still doing his thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's always been in the family. It's just always been a normal kind of part of life. For sure. Now, I saw I thought it was really cool because uh, uh, I saw that Brad Paisley's who really got you into guitar. And I've always said that the Time Well Wasted album is what got me into music, too. What was it that drew you to Brad? Um, it was Mud on the Tires, man. I was 10 years old when Mud on the Tires came out. And uh, I, I guess I was semi-serious about guitar. But um, track four on that record is Little Moments, mm -hmm. which is like one of the ballads on the record. And uh, the solo on that just really hit me in a pretty special way. I remember hearing it at 10 years old going, I know what I want to do with the rest of my life. Wow. I want to do that. Yeah. Now, have you ever had, now that you're in music, have you ever had the opportunity to meet Brad or had any conversations about guitar with him? Yeah, I used to play with an past and um, we did probably six months, five um, I think it was the crush note tour like mm -hmm. january through probably april or may i guess it wasn't quite six months um but i was just 
there. I was geeking out the whole time, man. It was it was insane. So have you ever thought about adding like the G bender to your rig? Or is that a monster Dude, you want to try to tackle? No, no, that is definitely a monster I would love to try to tackle. Um, if I were to do that kind of bender, it would be the Jimmy Olander double bender. Mm-hmm. So like you've got the G here when you pull down like Brad. Yeah. But then there's there's a hit shot connected to your belt loop. And if you pull out, it'll bend the B. Oh, shoot. So, like all that meat in the middle stuff. You remember all that? The yeah. Old trio stuff? Yeah, all of that is like he's just making weird movements with his guitar. But it sounds <laughs> awesome. I actually just bought um, – it's not a, a bender like that, but it's one that you just kind of like drill into the top of a telly and um, with the levers. Have you seen those? I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just bought one of those from Sertano Benders, and I'm pretty excited about it. I'm going to put it on a guitar and um, learn how to use it. Well, one of the craziest things I've seen is I saw Marty Stewart live. He played an acoustic with the G-Bender on it, and I think Mm. he has something on the side, too. Yep, yep. Yeah, that thing is pretty insane. I think um, Lee Bryce's guitar player does that, too, on an acoustic. Really? Or Jared Neiman. It's Jared Neiman, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty sick to watch. So get into your high school years. You played in a metal band, started touring, and even got a record deal. Take me through that time of your life. Yeah, I it was um junior year of high school. I joined as the keyboard player. Oh really? Yeah. And uh I was too young to tour, so they kicked me out. Yeah. And uh then about a year later I joined again as the guitar player and uh it made more sense for me to be able to commit more time to it and stuff. Um, And we, we toured a bunch in the South. The, the time that I spent in there, we toured mainly in the Southeast. I never got to experience the really long, uh, like they went to Canada and stuff after I left. And um, I mean, all those guys are still brothers. I love those guys so much, but it was, it was a lot of fun because it was, a, it was a big learning curve for sure because I didn't grow up playing metal. I grew up playing Brad Paisley. Yeah. Pretty much all the country stuff. <laughs> so it was it was uh, interesting trying to learn the the tricks and the you know that style. But it was really fun. It was um, two or three, maybe four years solid. Um, but yeah, I made a lot of friends. Um, the record deal that we got, I'm still a little like, was that, did that really, was that real? <laughs> I don't know if that was just like a guy in his basement. <laughs> not, we're still a little like cloudy on that part. I got you. Never, nothing ever really came of it other than on our MySpace page, we got to put Red Cord Records. <laughs> hey, and you still get to say, hey, I got a record deal. Nobody has to That's know right. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it, uh, I, quit college for that wow so that was nice. yeah was that a conversation I, with your parents that you had to have like or what oh, dude. uh that conversation was i came home and and i was like hey i gotta talk to y'all about something um i'm not going back to school and they were like we told you not to go in the first place <laughs> oh wow told you to play music yeah i went basically long enough to get um the refunds from um the grants and stuff to get a macbook oh nice nice (laughs) 
Now, what was that decision? Was that uh, around the same time you're thinking about moving to Nashville? Was that around 2013-ish? That was – no, that was 2010. I only – I graduated high school in 2010 and uh, started my freshman year um, and then basically got done with that semester and then um, was just doing a lot with my band. And I just I, – I enjoy school, but I just couldn't put the – put as much time towards it as I wanted to. So gotcha. Plus, I didn't know what I wanted to go to school for. I know I didn't want to do – didn't want to do music in school because I was already doing what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. which was tour. Yeah. So I just never really made it that far. So was it wanting to get into country music? Just that love of like that Paisley guitar that one you made you want to make the switch to Nashville? And that's that's also an interesting one. Uh, as soon as I graduated high school, my dad kept pushing me. You got to move. You need to move to Nashville. You should try it. You should do it. You should do it. Nah, man, I really love my hardcore band. I uh, this is my baby, you know. I've helped build this thing from the from the ground, and yeah. we're making a record. And now we got a record deal, and like this is my life, you know. I'm gonna ride this thing into the sunset. But I was also playing uh, bar gigs on the side. Well, I guess not every gig on the side. That's all I was doing for money. I was doing bar gigs with um, a buddy of mine named Cole Taylor, mm-hmm. and a oh, big. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Cole? He's yeah. awesome. Um, so, yeah, he's from South Georgia, kind of s- close to where I'm from. Um, so when I graduated high school, I was playing guitar for him. We would do the South Georgia circuit um, pretty much every weekend, every other weekend. It was a lot. Um, so I was doing the hardcore band, and then I was playing with Cole. And Cole just hits me up out of nowhere and was like, uh, if I move to Nashville, you want to move with me. And every other time it's just kind of been like, nah, I don't want to, Nashville's not on my radar. I don't ever want to, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'd never been to Nashville, but this one time he, he called me and said, Hey, I'm making, I'm making the move to Nashville. You want to come with me? And it was like, the Lord just changed my mind in an instant. And like, God just completely changed my thoughts about it. And, a nanosecond i was like yeah i'm going let's go <laughs> I, like, oh, I guess we're moving to nashville yeah um so that was probably early he he asked me probably early 2012 and then i kind of buttoned things up with my hardcore band that summer and then we moved in february of 2013 wow now, when you first get to town, you do a, a full year with Jamie Lynn Spears, and then uh, you start playing with Eric Passley. What was it like? Come, I mean, he just had a few, like, right before you joined the band, he's coming off huge success of Friday night, and uh, yeah. he don't love you. What's it like joining a huge band? I'm sure that was, like, some of the, like, a big tour to, for you, like, just first hop on. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, yeah, I was scared. I have no, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I mean, still, I still don't, but I have no idea. But, um the audition process was uh, super, uh, I'm not going to say easy. It wasn't easy. It was very uh, relaxed. It mm-hmm. wasn't, let's go to Soundcheck or SIR, get a rental room for a day. Everyone's there just staring at you the whole time. They really made it comfortable. Uh, we just went to his drummer's, drummer's house, and he has a studio in the back backyard, and set up, play a few songs, get to know each other, and... I was the first of six players that day. 
So as soon as I found that out, I was like, oh, they're going to forget about me by 3 p.m. Like, this will be a good experience, but, you know, yeah. it is what it is. But um, they called me and I got the gig. And those guys are just about as close to family as you can ever hope for. Like, mm-hmm. those guys were incredible. We were so close. Um, the, his front house guy, actually, or the front house guy that was with him when I was playing with him is actually my landlord now. So we're still, we're still pretty tight too. So I, I keep up with them as, as much as I can, but I should do more. I'm really bad at that. What was it like, like playing with Eric? He just seems like such a down to earth guy. And like, were you guys covering some of his big hits as a songwriter in the set too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we were doing all of them, all, all the songs that he wrote. Um, and he was, I mean, dude, he's the nicest dude in Nashville. You cannot find a nice guy. Just goes out of his way to be nice. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So, uh, and it's about 2016 you stopped playing with him. What's those two years like in between that and joining Morgan Wallen's band? So, at the end, yeah, at the end of 2016, um, I left Eric to play with one of my best friends, Seth Ennis. Okay, and yeah. It was always, there's always a thing where he's from Valdosta, kind of where I'm from. So, we, he played drums for me when I led worship. I played guitar for him when he led worship. And uh, we we had played together for forever. And then he also moved to Nashville and uh, started pursuing the artist career. And um, I'd always told him, when it makes sense, I'll leave whoever I'm with and play with you. And we'll, you know, take this thing to the top. Wow. And uh, so I, I, I left Eric at the end of 2016 and played with Seth for about a year. So 2017 was with Seth. And it was awesome. I mean, those guys are brothers too. Uh, yeah. That, that crew was really awesome because all of those dudes are pretty much back home guys mm-hmm. uh, who are incredible musicians. Like it was a really fun band. The music was awesome. Uh, that thing, that thing was, uh, it, it's, it's an unfortunate, like, radio if radio is not super nice to you uh there's there can be a lot of things that kind of don't work out you know it's unfortunate i it yeah i I felt really bad um but seth is still crushing it and i'm i'm so proud and happy for him Um, no doubt um but because because of the way that that year worked out you know i i started um kind of looking for what's next and uh, towards the end of 2017 I just kind of told a couple of friends that I'm interested in um, the next thing and uh, New Year's Eve of 2017 I was playing a church conference in Raleigh and and, uh, Morgan's manager called me at like nine o'clock at night on New Year's Eve of 2017 and offered me the gig now, what's it like joining that band with a lot of those guys playing together since the early 2010s? Like, were they already super tight at that time? And did, yeah, you, yeah. did you feel like an instant chemistry with the boys? Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. It was uh, um, very, very special. Um, even a cut above everything I've ever experienced. Like, the, the amount of family connection in, in this group, even the day, since the day I, I came in was – was really it was different you know these aren't 
like the, the guys that have been with Morgan aren't, aren't guys that, you know, move to Nashville, Hey, let's get a gig. They find Morgan. And then they're with him. Like, no, they're, they were with him before everything. They were before Nashville. They all moved to town together. So there's a special connection that those guys have. I bet. Now take me through like pre and post dangerous album slash COVID. Like you guys go from playing like, the mid-range theaters to selling out arenas. What's that like? I just feel like that has to be such a shock coming out, like the whole game changed. Dude, we're geeking out. We're still like on cloud nine, like what's happening? I don't, we're just gonna, it, this whole year is such a year of thankfulness. So I think everyone kind of has the same uh, mentality about it. Mm-hmm. You know, COVID really showed everyone that this can all go away in an afternoon, you know? So if your identity is not, solid and uh, something that matters more than music then you're going to be you're going to be in a dark place you know and I think all of us as musicians really experienced how much we had been even unknowingly placing our faith in music Yeah, you know when that's gone or playing shows more specifically music didn't go away but you know playing shows right you know for the Nashville machine, that's such a, an identity killer, you know? Right. And now that we're just back to being together, being a family again, um, doing what we love. Like it's, it's so, it's even more special now because we know what could happen. For sure. We're stuck in every moment. One of my favorite things you guys did was to promote the album. You guys did the dangerous sessions just in the empty theater acoustic What's some of your favorite memories from that? Like just creating that cool broke down sound. Yeah, that's, that's always been so fun because we get to reimagine the songs and really experience, experience that music. Uh, like you said, very intimately, you know, we can look each other in the eyes and um, if we really nail something, we're like, really, you know, there's a, a one-to-one connection happening right there. Yeah. And then see it finalized. It's just like, Oh, I remember what I felt in that moment when we were singing this note or like playing that thing. Or, and plus the theater one was extra special because that was the first thing we did back together after COVID. Yeah. So all of us were just like, it's very like, it's a very holy moment, I think, because we were also still kind of in a little bit of shock from the COVID thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a very sacred sort of, a very sacred moment for all, me personally because for sure I've seen those guys in a hot minute now uh talking about the guys you guys started late 2019 the mechanics wanted your own project what's your guys yeah. plans coming for that for the future uh i think we have a release coming up um i don't know the date i just play guitar <laughs> whenever the lady uh, calls you yeah 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 um yeah, we we're, we have a few people in line wanting to do, or like down to do collaborations, mm-hmm. features and stuff. Um, the thing that comes next is just trying to figure out what songs they want to do, what makes sense, and then coming up with an arrangement. But I mean, we're, we're all in, you know, it's, it's been so fun. It started as a, uh, a back lounge like, hey, I brought an eight string just for fun. Let's, you know, let's play around with it. And then Heartless came out of that. Right. And then everything shut down with COVID. 
and we had all these lights and stuff just sitting in the warehouse. And we were like, nah, bored. let's go make a video. So wow. that happened. Yeah. So getting away from playing on the road, you actually do some session work too. Uh, you played on Keith Urban's Wild Hearts record. And I'm sure he's yeah. one of your uh, musical heroes as well. What's it like playing guitar on like this is a guitar genius's record? Dude, that was uh, so basically the way that came about was I played on a demo that my friend Mitch Ferp was producing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think Pasley was singing and the song was written by him uh jen wayne and brad tercy oh was it, sure. was it actually wild hearts because i know they threw, wrote that right yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Nice. it was the demo yeah the demo for that song oh damn damn so yeah i played on the demo and then a few weeks later mitch texted me and kip the drummer who played on it and he was like hey so um send me your information these tracks are getting upgraded to a master because keith kept all the off the tracks and everything i was like oh yeah you can't say that to me. i can't <laughs> What are you talking about? But yeah, sure enough, he like heard the demo and it fit with the um, the heart of the song, which was like you know these these kids, you know, just ragamuffins, whatever, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's about living your your dream. So I, I think it it really pushed the vision of the song forward to have like nobody's like us just play on it, you know. Sure. So, now, you heard the original version of that then, right, too? Because I know that Keith kind of wrote his own uh, verses to that. So you kind of heard Eric's take on Wild Hearts, too, right? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I love Eric's voice. Eric's cadence and his singing and his his tone, everything is amazing. Yeah. So kind of fast-forwarding to right now, too, you guys are out on the Dangerous Tour. What's it been like, and what's your favorite song in the set that kind of just hypes you up every night to play? Ooh, favorite moments? Um... Dang, that's a hard one. Starting the tour at MSG for two nights was pretty, uh, pretty much a dream come true. I, you know, to to do it one once ever is, you know, bucket list. But to start the tour with two sold out nights there was pretty, pretty special. All of us were were kind of beside ourselves, like, what's yeah. happening? Crazy. My favorite song in the set. Right now, I think it's you proof. It's pretty rowdy. Been taken off. Yeah, it has been taken off. It's crazy. It's um, the the reaction before this, like when he announces the song. This song is called You Proof. That uh, the the reaction to that, if that's any indicator, I think it's going to be a smash. Sure. You guys got in about two weeks now. You guys got uh, two big shows coming up at Staples Center or Crypto Arena. Uh, what's it's, it going to be it's like? Staples Center. Don't you dare call it crypto. <laughs> it's always going to be Staples Center. Yeah, right. forever. In my <laughs> but, you guys looking forward to that show? Oh, yeah. That's going to be so awesome. Not only because it's uh, another bucket list venue for me, but also because we'll be back inside. Yeah. I'm so ready to be back inside. <laughs> playing outside all summer. You know? Yeah. Just sticky from just thinking about it. <laughs> so I like to close all my interviews. With a piece of advice that you've learned along your journey in music, you've been through so many different phases. What's something you picked up that you'd give to a younger musician to try to wanting to be in your spot one day? Wow. Never think of being worthy of giving advice. <laughs> um, man, for me, making connections is it, it has to be a very organic thing. It has to be real. 
um, for me, um, meeting people and becoming friends with people, it always seemed to happen at festivals mm-hmm. um, or on shows, no matter what it was. Um, just being interested in what someone else does, um, I think that really goes a long way in making genuine connections with people. People in Nashville can tell if you're just trying to be friends with them to use them to get to the next step. Yeah. Um, but being willing to just learn from somebody, um, that's really important. Always staying teachable. It's, it's, I think that's really big because you can create some really special connections that way. For sure. And actually, just one more thing, too. I know on your page, like, I think your bio is, like, Jesus first. How has your yeah. uh, faith helped you along the way, like, in your musical journey? Um, knowing that God is in control of every tiny detail of my life gives me uh, comfort that nowhere else can, can give me. You know, I can sleep sound at night knowing that if something didn't go my way, I know it went God's way. Yeah. And that means that whatever path or twist and turn happens, that um, if God is glorified in it, then I am satisfied. Well, guys, there you have it. My conversation with Tyler Tomlinson. Tyler, thank you again so much for coming on the show. I had an awesome time talking with you. Everyone go follow him on Instagram at Tyler Cole Guitar. And make sure to come back next week to hear my conversation with Reed Conley, the steel guitarist for Zach Bryan. Check out Starting Small Music on YouTube to see all the video content from our interviews. And also, follow Starting Small Music on Instagram, at Starting Small Music, and let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast next. And remember, everyone starts small.